0: You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 66 of the MVP BuzzChat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Vlad (laughs) Katronescu. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz
1: Chat. I'm here today talking with Vlad. Vlad, how are you doing? Hey, Christian. I'm doing great. And it's Friday. How uh, Friday the 13th, actually. So that's an interesting day. Uh, but, yeah, I'm doing pretty great. How about yourself? I'm doing
0: well. It's, uh, it, you know We actually got snow on the top of our mountains here. So I don't know if the
1: weather has suddenly shifted for you guys up in uh, Montreal. No, it's still pretty hot. It was about 23 Celsius. So that goes to about 70s, low 80s, I think, in Fahrenheit. So it's still doing pretty hot. But I'm kind of envious because uh, I really want to go back to Utah and do some skiing in February, hopefully. February, so, I'm to, yeah, I'm really hoping to get you out here. So we'll have that call for speakers pretty soon.
0: But for folks that don't know you, Vlad, why don't you introduce yourself, where you are, who you are, what you do?
1: Sure. So... And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Vlad Katrinescu. I'm a SharePoint MVP from, or Office apps and servers and services, however they call it nowadays, from Montreal, Canada. Uh, I also create stuff for sites. so some of you might have heard the voice on Pluralsight. I have about 20 courses on there. Uh, I authored three books, two of them on SharePoint on Prem 2016, 2019, one of them on PowerShell for Office 365, And currently, I work as a product evangelist for an intranet-in-a-box company called Valo Intranet. One of the things that I love that you do, you and I talked about this
0: a couple years ago, but is out on your blog. In fact, I saw the updates that you have for a couple of the courses that are out there. So if you're actually looking for guidance on kind of the latest of the various SharePoint, Office 365-related training certifications and things that are out there, uh, Vlad's blog is a tremendous resource for kind of all the classes, other training resources, books and other reading material. I know yeah. you're promoting a lot of your own content, but you're one of the leading people creating the content around a lot of those
1: certification programs. Yeah. But, but a lot of the lovely. stuff for the certification, most of it, and I really separate it into like books, which are of course paid, uh, paid online courses, but there's also a lot of YouTube there, Udemy, And a bunch of links for every single objective that are, of course, free. So there's both free and paid stuff on there. But yeah, of course, uh, if I create the content for some of it, some of it goes to my own content. I'm actually working on a SharePoint Online course for the MS300. Right now, for a pro site. Uh, so, I, I think that's good, of course. If, if I didn't think it was good, I wouldn't be making it. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of free stuff in those certification guides as well. So, even if you don't want to pay, there's stuff for everybody.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good site to bookmark for those resources because you're also, as stuff changes, you're, I just like the refreshes on these two things that I saw this week come out through your social. It was just updates with uh, some new resources. So, uh, you know, again, free and paid resources. It's just a good guidance on kind of what's out there. So definitely a great site to go and bookmark. Well, well, Vlad, so I know you're. we were just talking before we started recording about uh, uh, the global travels and I, I see you all <laughs> over the world at different events. Um, kind of what are you out there talking
1: about? Kind of what's your passion these days? Sure, so uh, lately it's really been about two, well, about one main topic, which is kind of automation, but one of them on the end user side and one of them on the administrative side. So on the admin side, it's really been about PowerShell for Office 365. Uh, because really, as a lot of admins move to the cloud and they think like, yeah, I don't have to do much anymore. I have the admin center. I don't have to deal with PowerShells and things like that. And then Microsoft ships new settings. It was like, oh, you want to play with this? PowerShell only. It might be there in the Admin Center in the future, but not anytime soon, so. well, I like there's some,
0: some features that, that come by default on and to
1: toggle them off, you have to know the PowerShell. You have to use PowerShell. And there's a lot of them. Most of them only come via PowerShell nowadays. And then a few months later, are available in the Admin Center. But it might be too late at that point. You have to use PowerShell. And even the hub sites. Do you remember when hub sites first got released? you needed to use PowerShell to uh, enable them. And it was funny because you had all of those people in the community that don't specialize in IT pro, they do information architecture, they do user adoption. And all of a sudden they were forced to like, (laughs) all of a sudden they were forced to like, okay, how do I connect to SharePoint Online using PowerShell? How do I register a site as a hub site? Then they had to look at all those command links. now you don't have to do it anymore. But as an admin, you absolutely got to master PowerShell to really get full control of your tenant. So, well, and, and I think the content even is
0: improved uh, by Microsoft and and from the the community where you see articles that'll go through and and show you kind of the admin col- console perspective. Even yeah. if you can, it's it's kind of like uh, you know like keyboard quick keys. If, even if you can do it, you know uh, through the the console you know, here's the PowerShell, here's the yeah. way to go in and, and automate
1: a lot of those things. Nowadays, it's a bit worse, just because Microsoft is in between the old Admin Center and the new Admin Center, and not only in SharePoint, but even in Microsoft 365, the main one. So because of that, it's even whereas, yes, well, I'll, I'll take an example that I was talking recently with some uh, in a session, external sharing. In the classic Admin Center, you have all of the settings, but you don't see all of the modern site collections. In the new admin center, you see all of your sites, but you only have one setting out of 10. So that's where you get to, okay, I I have to use PowerShell, there is no other option. And there's quite a few of them like that where you absolutely have no choice. So that's really been it on the admin side. And on the user side, it's been Flow. So uh, Flow has been really fun. I think two years later, or two, almost three years that it got released now, it's really become at a point where enterprises are willing to adopt it. it. It has enough features to really compete for SharePoint Designer in terms of enterprise features. Uh, licensing is still of a mess, and I refuse to talk about it. But other than that, it's been, it's been like really what I've been focusing on lately. Well, there's I think that's a great, uh,
0: uh, you know, well, one, you're covering kind of the latest, the greatest things that are out there, what you know clients are asking about. I think that there's uh, it's not that the, the the market is saturated with the rest of like the the former topics, you know. To it, I think we have a new baseline with collaboration, yeah. where you know we spent like I've been in the the SharePoint ecosystem officially since 2005. It's when I did my first deployment while working for a client back in the old days, and and was deploying <laughs> a Project Server as well as. Uh, We started using WSS 2.0, and uh, then I joined Microsoft a year later. Uh, But the the new baseline uh, for collaboration where I think because the -the out-of-the-box Office 365 experience is so robust, where we don't have the farm admins that we had. There wasn't all of that infrastructural setup just to be able to use those baseline features. You can now just, with credit card, go sign up start using start consuming that thing you know immediately uh it so i think the, the the that baseline of activity and our understanding of what's possible is is risen up and it starts in a different place so now it's more about not that there still aren't admin and other basic things to do around collaboration but now it very much starts at that next layer which is now how do we add that those productivity enhancements the the How do we automate more? How do we start integrating across workloads and with our legacy systems?
1: Yeah, and and that's what I always tell admins is that you still have 40 hours of work that you can do per week. It's just that instead of taking half of them into maintenance and doing updates and making sure that everything still works in the back, you take half of them for change management and making sure that users know what's coming, what's, uh, what is going to be released, how to use the latest features. And the other half, you can focus on cool projects and adding, like you said, integrations, automating things, making the life easier for users. And that that's what adds the real return on investment on the platform at the end is that last 10%, that specific to the organization you remember the the
0: first uh, ignite conference so when it got
1: rebranded in from 2015 in chicago
0: yeah in the chicago event so i did a session it was huge there must have been like a 1, thousand twelve hundred people in that room um which was a, a, i did a bunch of research for and was invited by microsoft to give this session on uh, like the future role the future state of the it pro and i, I did have a few people in the community that were like Christian what do you do talking about the IT pro you're not an admin IT pro it's like look I I I've been in the space and I know some <laughs> things about it but you're right it was I was there as more uh, as a researcher as a yeah. you know person who that went and I the the content was filled with interviews and surveys and quotes from communities that that are in that space and by and large the message from from that because at that time, 2015, 2014, 2015, you know, there was so much out there, like uh, people are just going to lose their jobs. There's no need.
1: Yeah.
0: At all. The IT pro is going away. And that whole session was people saying again and again and again, saying, no, it doesn't go away. The people that have that subject matter expertise, it is evolving. It's, it's changing, but
1: we can't lose those people. We can't lose that that core knowledge oh no and i really think it's more it's needed as it was before you still have the same amount of people that you had before they're just doing way different things and they're just doing things that actually add more value to the enterprise than they were doing before and it, it which is not to say they weren't adding value before. no no no. but the yeah the business changed right yeah, the, the business changed and before it just Keeping systems up to date was adding value. That, just making sure that everything runs was a huge thing for the enterprise. But it's kind of, remember how uh, intranets maybe four or five years ago, like everybody was like, oh, I wanna make sure I have a responsive intranet. And that, like, we kept showing, yes, this is responsive. Do you even show that anymore? Do you even need to specify? hey look it's responsive it's something that people expect like they don't even have to think about it they expect it to be responsive well so so yes
0: for uh an intranet for an organization that's all housed in the same place responsiveness is still an issue when you have geographically dispersed and depending on which regions that you're into and uh, there's but i but i understand your point i'm just being really nitpicky you, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's you? <laughs> well, I mean, so look, I, for years, and again, the technology is advanced and, and you know, broadband uh, is is more broadly you know, used around the world. Where I spent, when I got into cloud based software as a service back in 2000, 2001, I mean, WAN optimization and. Uh, and you had internet back then? Yes. Internet. But I'm saying, but it was, and I was in a, I mean, I, I came, I went to this startup that I worked for where we created this hosted collaboration platform, not Microsoft technology. Um, But we, we built this back and launched it in 2001. Uh, But the fact that most people didn't have broadband, that was an issue when we found that problem. So we, we spent a lot of time with WAN optimization, which creating uh, edge devices to speed up, uh, you know, the, the, the,
1: the experience uh, yeah. and, and minimize communication uh, between locations. And now we have multi-geo, which Microsoft took care of. And if you have enough users, you just enable multi-geo. You have some of it. And with the CDNs, now that you can leverage Microsoft CDN for a lot of the stuff, in a way, yes, there's still IT pros in the back that need to set up a lot of it. But after that, it's a lot easier to set it up. You don't need your own CDN anymore. You don't need to do a lot of those things. It just works way faster. But I definitely think there's still a need for IT pros. And I was even surprised in SharePoint Fest Seattle a few weeks ago. I was doing this getting started with PowerShell for Office 365 session. And I had over 60 people in the room. And I was like, you guys know this is not something new in the Power Platform, Right. It's like PowerShell like scripting, like coding, It's not like a new Power Apps or something. It, but yeah, I, I think people are realizing it that yes, they still need to be technical to be a admin in Office 365, and it, it that job hasn't went away at all, and it just changed. It evolved. Right. Like it I just said. evolved.
0: It's right. There's uh, you want to have the people have that knowledge. I mean, th- again, this is something we talked about back in 2014, 2015. Is like. Yeah. You need to have people that understand what's happening, you know, between the services. Yeah. Um, but I think for a lot of organizations, those folks that may have just been your, your SharePoint farm admin is now your uh, cloud services. Admin. The, teamwork admin is the oh, term te- right. But it's more of a global focus that you yeah. be looking at. Uh, you know, telephony and a lot of those, the services on that side
1: of, as well as. So it's, I mean, it's still that traditional IT role. Oh, yeah. And actually, Microsoft last year when they did the new certifications, they did the job task analysis. So what roles do we have in Microsoft 365? And they came up with three of them, really. So you have the teamwork admin that manages Teams, SharePoint, OneDrive for Business, Stream, Yammer, Flow. So really everything that's collaboration, the messaging administrator would manages a lot of the exchange. So what are your mail flow rules, making sure that your email doesn't get tagged as spam, and a lot of the security stuff at the same time, and uh, what is it, the modern desktop. So it, we still have end user devices. So how do we make sure that Windows 10 is deployed and updated? That we have Intune taken care of and that people on their phones, they have apps deployed, their phones are secured and everything like that. So you really have the teamwork messaging and the modern desktop or uh, I think it's modern desktop that you have in the kind of in our space now. And the SharePoint people seem to have taken the most of it under their belt is like, oh, collaboration, SharePoint people, you go. Well, and I think that, and I would even expand that list. As I agree with
0: those, those three. I say that uh, and in the messaging uh, and that could even be fielded by a person who owns on the system side, uh, security and compliance. So compliance specifically. Yeah. So that messaging person is ensuring that, you know, those understanding of the policies and make sure that they're applied across all those different systems. But two other roles though, well, maybe you, you still have that compliance manager that's there, but. Um, but two other roles I think are, are critical as part of that team in modern IT is one is that, that data analyst, um, having that person that is, that's only, that's say like, we're doing all this activity, we've got all that, we're doing all this collaboration, but is looking at it from the data standpoint. Um, it, you know, and, and if you've worked in the, like I years ago was in the data how, warehousing world and I, I spent my days Uh, You know, in rooms and meetings with DBAs, like what do you need? What do you need from these different systems? Bringing these things together, modifying reports, building out data marts, you know, kind of all those activities. And then the last one that I think is also critical for for this new, it's part of this. Let's use the phrase digital transformation of of the business. This It actually applies here, though. You're making faces, but, you know. <laughs> um, but the last one is that, um, you know, is that like uh, the, the, say, for external facing customer success, but that community manager type role. I think a lot of organizations are also finding that it's critical. They're starting to understand that. Adoption and engagement isn't just like, hey, we hired somebody. We did training for two weeks. That the ongoing success of all these systems Again, you might have somebody wearing multiple hats, and they might have community management of all these collaboration systems in their job description, but it's a very distinct role is to make sure that things are being used effectively, efficiently, that, uh, uh,
1: you know, and, and they're, they're maintaining the community, yeah. I think is critical. Yeah. Adoption specialist. But yeah, but it it really depends on the size of the organization at the end. And I've I've seen organizations where they have a dedicated person for Yammer. And organizations where Yammer is turned off completely. So depending on the size of the organization and how much usage you get, the, like I think under 5,000 people, it's mostly the admins that take care of that. But Sure.
0: Hey, could, <laughs> hey, for a very small org, all five of those roles could be one person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and too often
0: it is. And I but, feel, feel bad for that one person. Yes, I meet them often as well.
1: Yeah, But, but yeah, I think the adoption specialist is, is definitely a role that's needed. And I think Microsoft actually did – they call it a certification, but it's not the real – certification in a way because is the edx courses that microsoft is doing and like after you finish the course you can pay 99 and you get the certificate that you have completed a training but it's not really a real microsoft learning certification if that makes sense
0: right so and for people that don't know what we're talking about so at you know edx edx uh so there's you know free courseware out there which is i think hey it's, it's just good training oh yeah on, you can take the training for free actually right. you or free. you could pay the 99 bucks to get the certification and take your time and you know to complete the courses and things that are out there but it's, it's yeah it's, it's i mean if you remember when uh the yammer was acquired and they had the yammer certification yeah you know uh, and uh so there's a bit where it's testing your knowledge of the material to, to go through but yeah. it's not like hey i got that job because
1: i have this edx sort certi- of certificate that i paid 99 yeah, it, it's not like before where If you had that certification, well, it still is today in a way for the real Microsoft Learning ones that partners need them to get their gold status. And you need them for this and that. So those still in a way can make you land a job if somebody needs it or customers request that. We want consultants that have those certifications. Sometimes they never know why they put it in there, but they like putting those requirements in there. I've even seen in the past.
0: I was trying to explain this to my adult children, you know, that, but uh, uh, one of them who's, uh, who has is paused on university right now. But I'm saying like, you know, there's a, you know, while ultimately your job path may not depend on those certifications, having that kind of um, education, like having a degree, I mean, it shows that, hey, look, I was you know consistent. I went and pursued this, this path and I have a certain baseline of knowledge. Yeah. You know for the for this thing so uh, the certification while it may not be it's not like getting your MCT it's not like you know uh, where you all these other programs yeah. where you're taking multiple courses but it shows that you, you've gone through uh, the the Microsoft the deployment methodology the and and you you have that knowledge that you can leverage in the
1: role. and I think especially since a lot of people I know you went, you even got your MBA if I remember correctly right I did an MBA in technology management, a 27 month endeavor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. But, yeah, but there's a lot of people in IT, and I mean myself included, that I, I went to university for a bit, but then I realized, yeah, the stuff we learn in university and real life, there's kind of a 15 year gap in what we learn versus what I, and I was still doing consulting kind of, because you know, in Quebec at least, we have like high school, then we have college then we have university. And college and university is completely different things for us. So I did the college, which I did a computer science, a technical program at four years, and then you can go to university. But in IT, unless you wanna go in machine learning, into data analysis and a lot of those things, if you wanna go into collaboration, you're like, okay, why do I need to learn COBOL and RPG and all of those fun things already? So I think the certifications can fill a good gap into showing that, yes, right. you, you went for something, you, you still want to learn everything, even without that university, which, in my opinion, in most roles in IT, it's not that needed anymore. Well,
0: I th- and I think that there are so many different uh, certification programs through major universities, like I, I'm sure like you do, I get all these emails, there's Programs that are in, especially now around, um, uh, you know, business intelligence, uh, data analytics, in um, artificial intelligence, kind of these subject matter, you know, areas from MIT, from Harvard, uh, Columbia, so other marketing and strategy related things that I'm interested in, constantly getting those, and you can have just like a... You know, Go, go to a, a lower end, a no-name a, you know, university, get that, that basic d- degree in computer science or business or whatever that is, but then go do just over the course of your career, get the, do these other certificate programs just to con- continually learn and add to the knowledge.
1: Oh, yeah. And like I said, for some things, like I was looking a bit at like, okay, what do those people that do like artificial intelligence or machine learning do? And that's when you need those university level max and to for the probabilities and all of that. That's that's like a place where I'm sure most of them have PhDs, most of the top level people in that space. Versus if you look in the SharePoint community, it's like a, a lot of people do have those graduate degrees, but you don't really use it. It's not... A requirement? For no. It's, uh,
0: well, d- yeah. Depending what you're doing, like I, 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 think you know this. Like, i so I was actually accepted into a doctoral program. I was going to go get a. Yeah. So I was going to focus in social informatics uh, around collaboration technology. And this was back in 2004, 2005 when I was accepted in. And I've delayed my start. I went to work for Microsoft. I lost my placement. <laughs> I didn't go back. But it was always more of a, of a personal thing. And I'm just I'm thinking, yeah, but it would have been so relevant to what's happening now. I mean, I yeah so but but having said that you've been able to you can still go and build a you know a career if you want to teach and and write books you know and that kind of stuff that look, you could do all that um i think it does get easier to start out if you've got that phd behind you but obviously there are certain roles where you need to have that have had that five to seven years of in-depth research those topics to have that knowledge and expertise to do what you need to do but yeah yeah you can
1: They're well sp- paid there's not that many of them and you got uh, a lot of max
0: yeah well it, yeah well that's the <laughs> other thing is that the other thing I found out of no this is that you know it's uh relatively easy there's a lot of programs to go get find uh, funding for those those PhDs the problem is you know, who has the time to give that many years and and
1: uh, you know towards that that work oh, yeah. a three-year minimum and uh, it also depends on where you live I mean in a way, for me in Canada, especially like, for example, the MBA, if you look at a good university in Quebec, I can go get my MBA, it's so a one year or full time or two year part time, and it's going to cost me about 10,000 Canadian dollars. In other places of the world, it's not always that cheap, so it's- I it's, wish mine was only 10K. <laughs> I don't want to do any specifics, but yeah. in wow. other places of the world, even in other provinces in Canada, it, you're never going to find it for that cheap. So uh, it, it's, it's something that you got to plan and see, will it fit? Do you need that to, for the career that you actually want? Because you can always go back. So here we are, we're
0: bashing formal education, but no, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> uh, you know, but the, uh, no, but I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think we need to, it, throughout your career, especially in IT, uh, anything okay. re- related to technology, you have to continually add on to that knowledge. You have to continually be out there learning to stay on top because it changes so fast. Uh, and, and you need to be aware of what's, what's going on and, and be able to adapt. Uh, and, and just like organizations, and you know this, from going back to change management, organizations that are good at change management, they don't have to be good at any one thing, if, but if they're good at change management, they are going to have a distinct competitive advantage over
1: those that are, that like most organizations, that struggle with change. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I, I think especially with the new generation coming into workforce, is becoming better and better, and we see a lot of push for change from the bottom rather than the top. So I, I think that even change management will become less of a problem in 10, 15 years from now than it is today. Just because the, remember that 10, 15 years ago, you always had your most valuable technology in the enterprise. You didn't really have access to the latest tech at home, but but we've really switched when, where at home, you have access to the latest tech and like performance stuff, and then you go to work and you're like, oh, I got to use this shitty program again. So, so the change will be so much easier because the consumer, the prosumer stuff will always be one level ahead. So when it comes to the enterprise, everybody will be ready to use it. You don't have that, that change, that training problem anymore. Well, nobody ever talks
0: about like the positive side of Shadow IT, which is driving a lot of that. And and, I mean, all jokes aside, I mean, just what you said, I mean, driving some of the innovative changes, be like, look, I can go and get this maybe not yet ready for enterprise solution, but look at what I can do with this little app that I purchased for 10 bucks. And I did personally. Yes, it's a complete uh, compliance nightmare. (laughs) You yep. know, from a legal standpoint of our intellectual property sitting in this third-party tool, and you've got to do it in a managed way, but you're right. I mean a lot of this this prosumer uh, uh, you know, technology is driving,
1: hey, you know what, we need to have that within the enterprise. Yeah, and, and then like, like Trello and then Microsoft Flatter. <laughs> a good example for it is that Turtle has been doing it forever and a lot of people love that style. I know there has been third party solutions in SharePoint that gave that option to do it for a while, but it really, then the big enterprises, you're like, hey, like you said, you need that. And and then the bigger ones start to work on it and then it becomes enterprise ready with compliance and all of the other, oh, I just hit a glass. Oh. That was almost a fun moment to catch on video. Uh, (laughs) But yes, it makes great podcast as well. Oh, you almost spilled something. (laughs) I'll add sound effects later. (laughs) Uh, But uh, no, I think after that, the big enterprises will see the need and will see that users want it and will invest in that direction. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, hey, Vlad, I mean, this has
0: been a great discussion. I know we're just over time here, but people want to find out more about you. And where is that blog anyway? But how do people get in touch with you?
1: Sure. So my Twitter, very easy to spell at Vlad Carpinescu. Uh, luckily, there's not that many oh, Vlads doing all SharePoint. Of, time, of course, but yeah. yeah. Well, there's not that many people doing SharePoint that are called Vlad. So hopefully if you type in Vlad, I'll be one of the first options there. And if not, I blog at absolute-sharepoint.com or again, just Google for my name and I, you should find my information in there. Well, obviously, you didn't see the news today with Bing
0: search results improving. We might start saying, go Bing the results soon.
1: <laughs> you mean we're already saying it, but mostly as a joke?
0: I, I, we're I know. We're
1: actually going to start saying it for real. I know. Yeah. All right. That was a different a conversation
0: for another day. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vlad, hey, really appreciate the time. And I'll see you. Uh, I don't know. I'll see, see you. In, I, there's a couple of coming up. But uh, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll definitely see you at Ignite. So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me, Christian. Have a great day.